Hello, Fit Squad, and welcome to week 12. It's Thanksgiving week. Can't believe how fast the season's going. We're in week 12 already, and league standings are starting to take shape. This is the time where we really make our push for the fantasy playoffs. So I'm Dr. of Physical Therapy Tom Christ, and today it's just me. The rest of the, the fit team is off this week. They're enjoying their time with their families, and also some of them have some work obligations. So it's going to be just me today. Today's episode will be a little bit quicker than usual, so you guys can all enjoy your Thanksgiving with your friends and families, eating lots of food, watching what lot watching lots of football and having a good time. So with today's episode, it's going to be a little bit quicker. I'm just going to run through the injuries. I think I've got 17 players to talk about, and then I'll answer a couple mailbag questions, and that'll be it, and then we'll see you guys again next week. So let's get started. We will start in the NFC. Quarterback Justin Fields, there's a little bit of discrepancy on the reporting of his injury. At first, we thought it was a dislocated shoulder. Then on uh, Monday Night Countdown, Schefter very distinctly stated it is not a shoulder dislocation. And after that, the report started coming out. It's actually a shoulder separation. So the difference here is a dislocation is when the humerus, the big arm bone, pops out of the shoulder socket. That's pretty significant. We see that with Dalvin Cook a few times over the past few years. We saw that with Baker Mayfield last year. That can be an issue because that has a very high recurrence rate. Luckily, that's not what happened with Justin Field. His injury is a shoulder separation, which I can see how the terminology can get mixed up. But a shoulder separation is an AC joint injury, a chromioclavicular joint injury. And Fields has told the reporters that there's also ligament injury involved. So the AC joint is the junction that connects the shoulder and the arm to the torso. It's where the acromion, which is a part of the scapula or the shoulder shoulder blade, it's where it meets the clavicle, the collarbone. They they merge together and there's two main ligaments that hold them together. These are called the acromioclavicular ligament and the coracoclavicular ligament. That second one, the coracoclavicular ligament, is made up of two ligaments called the conoid and the trapezoid ligaments. So one of these in one of these ligaments or multiple is injured with fields. Um With an AC joint injury, there's six different grades, which is more than typical. Typically, we have three different grades of injury. With grades four through six of an AC joint injury, they pretty much always require surgery. Grade three injury sometimes does, but doesn't always. At this time, it does not appear like Fields needs surgery, which is terrific. So that means that he likely won't miss too much time. Um, again, it's also his left shoulder. So this is not the shoulder that he throws with. Uh, so so if he's out there, I mean, it's not going to impact his ability to throw the ball. The only way I could see this impacting his play is if he's a little bit more hesitant to run because he doesn't want to take on the impact of getting hit on that shoulder. So it's possible we see less designed runs. We see him taking off less. And that's obviously a massive part of his game and his fantasy value. So... It, it's kind of difficult to assess his his uh, upside for this week. If if there, I mean, if he does run less, that's a massive chunk of his production that is impacted. But if he runs how he normally does, I mean, he's been terrific over the past several weeks. 
So if you have a, a second pretty darn good quarterback on your team, maybe worth just sitting fields for this week, just to kind of see how the team and how he approaches this injury. And then you'll have a better idea of what the rest of the season looks like. But I would absolutely not be looking to drop him or trade him away at this point. I don't really foresee this injury being that big of a factor rest of season. And a lot of people are saying, why don't they just sit him, sit him for the rest of the season? Like they they stink. They should go for a good draft pick anyway. Well, he's a second year quarterback. He needs this year to really develop. So they want him out there. He wants to be out there. He's making great strides this season. I, I don't see a world where they sit him for the rest of the season unless it ends up needing surgery. Moving on to Mike Williams, who re-aggravated his high ankle sprain early in the Sunday night game, or was it Monday night? One of the night games. He did not practice Wednesday. He's unlikely to play. We knew this was a possibility. We talked last show about how high ankle sprains could impact his jumping. I thought it would be more his power for jumping, which it certainly can impact. But it absolutely can impact his ability to properly land from a jump as well. If the ankle is not as stable as it would like to be or as it should be, it, that can that is certainly a mechanism that can cause a re-injury, and in his case, it did. Unfortunately, receivers average missing 4.3 games due to a high ankle sprain. Early reports does not sound like it's that severe where he's going to miss that much time, but we don't know yet. When receivers do come back from a high ankle sprain, they average a decline of 2.7 points. So it's going to be hard to trust Williams in the next couple weeks. But based off the early reports, it doesn't sound like he's going to miss another three or four games. So he's definitely, with his upside, he's definitely worth holding on to for an end of the season push. But I just wouldn't trust him in this week or next week. So if you need to win this week or next week, you may look to trade him to somebody who who can give you pieces to win this week or next week. At the end of the day, you need to make the playoffs. Otherwise, it doesn't matter what he does in weeks 15, 16, 17 if you're not still playing. Let's go to Arizona for the next two players. Rondell Moore injured his groin on the first drive on Monday night. He did not practice today and Cliff... Coach Cliff Kingsbury does not expect him to play this week. The groin, while it's a really big, strong muscle in the hip and, and has some role in cutting and, and running and things like that, players really don't play that poorly when they return from this injury. Like Very minimal decline in fantasy production across the board at positions when they return from a groin injury. So... With that said, when Moore does return, it's probably not going to be this week, but it'll probably be next week. Like, There's no reason to, to expect any decline in his fantasy production. Receivers average only a decline of 0.3 points when they return with almost half meeting or exceeding their pre-injury average. His teammate, Marquise Brown, who has been dealing with a foot fracture, practiced last week but didn't end up playing, and he's limited to start practice this week. Coach Kingsbury said that if Brown does play this week, it'll be on a pitch count. So that's kind of hard to trust starting him this week, especially considering Arizona has a bye in week 13. It wouldn't be the worst idea to hold Marquise Brown out one more week so he can have really two more weeks to, to get ready. 
The midfoot fracture is likely about healed by now, but remember, it's not just the when it's the foot, it's not just the bone healing. It's also overcoming and rehabbing from the stiffness and the weakness that's associated with being in a boot or a cast for X number of weeks. I doubt that he's 100% right now, but by week 14 or 15, he's probably going to be pretty darn close. So again, if he plays this week, it's very hard to trust him. He's dealing with this injury. He's not 100% yet, and the coach has even said he's going to be on a pitch count. But hang on to him for the for the fantasy playoffs because he could definitely make make some noise there. That said, DeAndre Hopkins, who was not playing while Brown played this year, has demanded a massive target share. However, with Zach Ertz done for the season, there's there's targets to go around for both Hopkins and Brown. And then some left for Rondell Moore as well. But Hopkins is clearly the the leader of this receiving group. So I think after him, we'll probably see some weeks where Marquise Brown gets some work, some weeks where it's Rondell Moore. I don't know that Arizona has a high enough powered offense for all three to produce in the same week, though. Let's move on to another receiver coming potentially coming back from a major injury. Jamar Chase has been out since week seven with a hip fracture and labrum injury. They never really told us what exactly was fractured, but my assumption would be it was an avulsion fracture where the one of the hip flexor muscles called the rectus femoris pulls on part of the hip bone and kind of pops it off. Um, that That's my guess. I don't know that for sure. Uh, that should be just about healed by now. I mean, this has been four plus four or five weeks, and this is different than the foot because the foot needs to, like Marquise Brown's case, the foot needs to weight bear and take on a tremendous amount of weight when we're running. The hip does as well, but it, it's just a little bit different. And then from um, from the labrum standpoint, I think that's a scarier term to a lot of people. I mean, I know when I'm working with patients all the time, they hear labrum injury, they're like, oh my goodness. And they automatically associate that with surgery and a very long rehab. That can be the case, but that's not always the case. Plenty of people have labor injuries and have no idea. They function totally fine in their day-to-day lives, in athletics and exercising. There's ways to overcome a labor injury without surgery. Rehab can be really, really helpful. At this point, he's been out four or five weeks. Has plenty of time to rehab as long as it's a labor injury that's going to respond to rehab. If it's not, we'll know in either this week or next week. Um, So as far as his status for this week, he is off crutches and he practiced in a limited fashion today and his teammate and BFF Joe Burrow expects him to play. I don't think that they would have him on a full snap count to start. I think it'd be similar to like what Kingsbury is saying with Marquise Brown, where Jamar Chase would be on a bit of a pitch count. But we've seen this guy catch so many 50-plus yard touchdowns in his two one-and-a-half seasons that even if he's on a pitch count, that could still be enough to be really, really productive for fantasy. So this is very different to me. This is very different than Marquise Brown's returning from injury situation for all the reasons that I've already mentioned. And if he plays, I do think he's he warrants consideration for starting. 
Moving on to two running backs who were just placed on the IR with high ankle sprains, Clyde Edwards-Elair and Chase Edmonds. They will both be out until at least week 16. A high ankle sprain is going to impact a player's ability to cut and create power, which for a running back is so vital for so many reasons. And the IR designation indicates that they're likely both dealing with grade two injuries, which what that is, is there's actual ligament damage. So there's ligaments that hold the tibia and fibula bones, which are the two shin bones, holds them together and allows the shin and the ankle to create a rigid lever to push off when we're running and cutting. When there's an injury to the ligaments, the tibia and the fibula separate a little bit, or we call it gapping. So now the foot is not one that hurts really bad, which makes someone not want to run or cut or jump or whatever. But also it creates a little bit of instability. We heard that a lot with Mac Jones earlier in this season. When the foot and ankle is not as stable as it would like to be, it can't push off quite as hard. So it can't create, player can't create as much power, can't cut as quickly, as efficiently, and things like that. That's why these high ankle sprains are more significant than, than the lateral ankle sprain. When running backs return from this injury, they actually only an average a decline of 0.5 fantasy points. So because of that, I think they both, well, neither of them are really game breaker fantasy players. I think they're both warranting an IR slot. If you have one available, if you don't, we can go ahead and cut them because they're not coming back till week 16. Neither have been super reliable this year, but the thing is we just don't know what the situation of their team's running back rooms will be by week 16. It's possible that, you know, there's not much else going on in that running back room and they could step into a nice role, or it's possible that one of the other running backs takes over at this point to where neither of these guys end up being effective again this season. So I I certainly don't blame anyone for just straight up cutting them, but if you've got an available IR slot, you might as well just stash them there. So let's move into Baltimore with Gus Edwards. He missed the past couple games with a hamstring injury. The hamstring is is one of those injuries that's very, very common when a player is returning from an ACL injury. So it didn't really surprise me when Gus had this injury. It was, it was unfortunate. I, um, you know, we never like to see it, but it didn't really surprise me. He uh, practiced in a limited fashion today. And the fortunate thing is that the hamstring it really impacts the top end sprinting speed. And that really takes about 40 to 50 yards to get to running backs. Don't often run for 40 or 50 yards in one play. So this is why we really don't see a major decline in fantasy production from running backs when they return from a hamstring injury. In fact, it's only 0.7 points below their pre-injury baseline. Edwards is on a really good offense. That's frequently in the red zone. If he's out there, he definitely warrants a start. I think. Another hamstring injury with running back Jalen Warren of the Steelers. He left week 11 with a hamstring injury. Presently, his status is up in the air. So you'll just have to keep monitoring Pittsburgh's situation, Pittsburgh practice reports to see if he's going to be available. And another hamstring injury, and this one is just so frustrating because this player is electric. He's fun to watch. He's got superstar potential written all over him, but he just keeps getting injured. Kadarius Toney, of now of the Kansas City Chiefs, 
Injured his hamstring last week. Did not practice today. I swear to God, if nobody looks at this man's sciatic nerve mobility and assesses that, that's a problem. I, I don't know if Kansas City or New York Giants medical staffs have done a slump test on him or straight leg raise. All my, my PT listeners will know what those are. But if they haven't, they need to. I hope they have. If they haven't, they need to. What I'm talking about here, you can find details, a detailed discussion on on our hamstring episode from a couple of weeks ago. But basically, the sciatic nerve stems from the, the low back, goes all the way down to the toes. When it gets stuck, inflamed, irritated, whatever, it very often presents itself as recurring hamstring strains, especially in athletes. So a lot of times when you see these guys who just get hamstring strain over hamstring strain after hamstring strain, we need to look at their sciatic nerve. Is it moving well? Is it angry? Is it irritated, inflamed? If it is, that's what you treat. It's not the hamstring that you treat. It's not the hamstring's fault. The hamstring is straining to protect the nerve. The body's literally sacrificing the hamstring muscle to protect the nerve. And it will keep doing that over and over and over and over again until the sciatic nerve is healthier. I've, I, I've never met Kadarius Tony. I've never assessed him. I can't say that's what his issue is. But that's the first thing I would test if I was working with him. So if anybody knows anybody that works for Kansas City, please send that message to him. Either way, receivers average missing 1.9 games and see a decline of 2.9 fantasy points in their first game back from a hamstring injury. He's not trustable until he proves that he is, unfortunately, which is so unfortunate because he's so good, he's so fun to watch, he's so electric, but he just gets hurt so much. I really hope they can figure it out. I really, really do. I want this guy to do well. He's so fun to watch. Moving on. Jerry Judy. Did not practice today. He injured his ankle. It's kind of vague on what his injury was in week 10. It's reported as an injury to the muscle behind the ankle, but not the Achilles. Talked last week about how I think this is probably a soleus injury. Soleus is one of the calf muscles. The soleus is highly, highly, highly involved in running. So when injured, this would obviously slow down a receiver's ability to sprint, to get off the line, to cut, run routes, run after catch, all of that. We see a massive decline in fantasy points in receivers when they return from a calf injury. 5.6 points below their pre-injury baseline with only 6%. I think that's 1 out of 16, I believe, is the number I have on there. Meeting or exceeding their pre-injury fantasy football baseline. You can't start him if he plays. You simply cannot start him this week. Moving on, a couple more. Kyle Pitts, his frustrating season is potentially over, unfortunately, due to an MCL sprain that as of today was confirmed he does need surgery for. This is very interesting because it's it's not... You know, MCL surgeries do happen, but they're not that common. The MCL is a, a flat, broad ligament that usually heals well on its own. It's just kind of an awkward shape to repair. Um, that's probably part of the reason we don't see too many of these, but also it just often doesn't need to be repaired. It just can heal on its own. 
the fortunate thing for Pitts is like that hit looked bad. It looked a lot worse than just an MCL sprain. It looked like an MCL, ACL, PCL, the whole the whole thing. So it's very fortunate that this is all that was injured somehow. Um, that said, he's on the IR. He's not going to return to week 17 at soonest, and he's been awful all season. So you really, there's no reason to hold him unless it's a dynasty. You can't possibly trust him in the fantasy championship after not playing for four weeks due to surgery after not even being good all season. You can definitely drop him, pick somebody else up. There's not a whole lot of tight ends out there. Hayden Hurst, Juwan Johnson, any of them will be will be better than Pitts because Pitts isn't going to play. Leonard Fournette, hit pointer in week 10, bye week last week. A hit pointer is a bruise to the glute muscles or to the ilium bone. The ilium or the iliac crest is the, the big prominent bone that you'll often rest your hands on. Basically, what happens is that there's there's the bruise, which creates local swelling, which causes pain and can inhibit the glute muscle from functioning. When the swelling goes down, everything should normalize with a little bit of rehab. With the bye week, I imagine he's totally fine and ready to go. He practiced in a limited fashion today. His issue is going to be that he's now got some competition in the backfield. So we'll see if Leonard Fournette is able to reclaim his title as the the top of that backfield or not. Now some good news. Detroit Lions rookie wide receiver Jamison Williams, who tore his ACL on January 10th, has been designated to return to practice, and he did so this week. He's about 10 and a half months post-op, which is a pretty solid timeline to return to playing from ACL tear. I, I, I really admired Detroit's patience, allowing him to fully recover and not force him back too soon. Unfortunately, this season, we've seen a couple teams who I feel rushed players back from this injury, and their players have not played well, unfortunately. Um, in order to be cleared to play, Jamison had to demonstrate that his surgical leg is within 90% on various tests compared to the non-surgical leg. And that includes things like quad and hamstring strength, single leg balance on, on something called the Y balance test or the star excursion balance test, and then various single leg hop tests. 90% is what the literature tells us that they need to be, but really we want it to be as close to 100% as possible. Um, he practiced this week, but I have not heard any confirmation on if he's going to play Thursday or not. I would, I would doubt that he, they play him this week. I mean, he's only had a couple days to practice with the team. And as far as rest of season outlook, I would be cautious with Jameson. It's exciting to see him playing, and I think he's going to have a terrific career. But as far as this season goes, I, I would kind of temper your expectations. Receivers average 4.7 points below their pre-injury average in the first game back and 2.2 points below their average in games two and three. And this is a rookie. He's still acclimating to the NFL. He's got a new quarterback, a new offense. It's going to take some time. But as long as there's no setbacks, I think year two is going to be really, really good for Jamison. Couple more here. Wandell Robinson, tough break for the rookies, having such a good game. ACL tear season is over. Currently, it's only reported as an ACL tear. I have not heard of any other structures involved, so that's good. <clears throat> At this point, the beginning of next season is under 10 months. 
And we like to see at least nine months of rehab following an ACL. So he's kind of at that borderline area where right now it's impossible to know if he's going to be ready. But come July and August, the discussion will be, oh, is he ready? Is he not ready? Is it too soon? Is he ready? So we'll table that discussion until then. This season, three receivers returned in a somewhat similar or shorter time frame. Robert Woods was injured in week 11, and he's he's currently the wide receiver 74. Chris Godwin was injured in week 15. He's currently the wide receiver 47. Michael Gallup was injured in week 17. He's currently the wide receiver 97. So while those three players do not tell the whole story because they all have things within their own teams and situations that contribute to their production this year. It's hard to trust receivers when they return from an ACL tear. It's hard to trust any player when they return from an ACL tear in the first season. Set year two, most of the time they're back to who they were pre-injury. Aaron Rodgers, interesting report came out today that he's been playing it with a fractured thumb since week five. This is actually amazing because he's actually been playing better since this injury than before the injury from a fantasy standpoint, at least. I don't know how this has not kept him out. I don't know how he's played through this, but he's done it and it's actually been fairly decent since it. Um, I just thought that was interesting. He's going to play this week. There's, there's no question about that. I just want to throw that in there because I thought that was interesting. We'll finish up with a couple guys. Dealing with concussions, Matthew Stafford dealing with his second concussion in three weeks. That is never good. Subsequent concussions often take longer to recover from than a the first concussion. <clears throat> the Rams are already preparing to go without him this week, so I would as well if I were you, and possibly longer. He has not been good this year. He is not in by any means warranting starting anyway. If he's on your roster in a one QB league, go ahead and cut him. And then we have Joe Mixon, who left last week with a concussion, not practicing Wednesday, which is never good for making it through the NFL's protocol to play on Sunday. We'll have to see what reports look like on Thursday. But as of now, I would be making plans elsewhere. Moving into the mailbag, we got two fan mail questions today. We'll start with Joe from Charlotte. Joe says, pick two flexes out of Christian Watson, Dante Foreman, Isaiah Pacheco, and Leonard Fournette. That's a tough one, Joe. That's actually, those guys are all kind of similar tiers. I would definitely start Christian Watson. He's been on fire clearly earning Rodgers' trust, and Rodgers' trust is valuable. We've seen that over the years. When Rodgers likes a receiver, he's going to hyper-target him. Uh, I would also probably... This is tough. Probably Fournette. Cleveland's defense isn't great, and and he's fighting for his job now. I think we see who... Well, what Leonard Fournette's made out of, and we've seen that before, and he's pretty darn good. Um, 
Dante Foreman has been hit or miss since taking over. And, and he's actually, he only had, I think it was 39 or 40% snap share last week. I think Chuba Hubbard actually outsnapped him. Isaiah Pacheco, I, I see the intrigue there with Clyde Edwards Hilaire out. I just don't know that Pacheco's actually good. And I mean, Mahomes is just going to air it out, and Pacheco hasn't really been catching too many passes. And last question of the day, Nick from New Jersey. Why does Zach Wilson want to crush my soul? Well, Nick, at least he's not crushing your mom, so we can think of that positive. Um, but yeah, he's he's not very good. He's not good at all. Um, he's got all the arm talent you could ever want, but at least from our perspective, he does, he does not appear to be a great leader. He does not appear to be a good decision maker. I don't know what's going on inside that locker room. I'm not there. I, I don't really know what's happening, but that's how it is perceived in the media, at least. And listen, Sala is a tremendous coach. But he's a defensive coach. He was the Niners D coordinator before getting this job. I wonder if Zach Wilson, he's got all the arm talent you could ever want. I wonder if he needs to go to a team with an offensive-minded coach to mold him. I think that's what he needs. If this is the final season of Zach Wilson, I would expect them to trade him to perhaps, you know, Sean Payton wants to come back and and coach a team somewhere. That would be a great guy for Wilson to learn under or, you know, one of those offensive gurus. I think that's really what Zach Wilson needs. All righty, that wraps up the week 12 edition of the Fantasy Injury Team podcast. As always, you guys can find us on Twitter and TikTok at injury underscore fantasy. And you can follow me on my Twitter as well at Fantasy Injury T. The rest of the gang will be back next week. And everybody have a great Thanksgiving.